2: There is no doubt we face a profound economic
3: challenge. We now need stability and unity. I pledge that I will serve you with integrity and humility. The most important objective for our country right now is stability. Governments cannot eliminate volatility in markets.
4: You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics. I'm Ewan Potts. And I'm Stephen Carroll. It's the long-awaited Autumn Statement Day. The Chancellor had plenty to say in terms of tax rises and spending cuts and the outlook for the UK economy. We'll bring you full details
5: and analysis in just a moment. But first, let's hear from the man himself. Here's Jeremy Hunt. Mr Speaker, there is a global energy crisis, a global inflation
3: crisis and a global economic crisis. But the British people are tough inventive and resourceful. We have risen to bigger challenges before. We aren't immune to these headwinds, but with this plan for stability, growth and public services, we will face into the storm. There may be a recession made in Russia, but there is a recovery made in Britain. And, and we commit to our plan today with British resilience and British compassion. Because of the difficult decisions we take today, we strengthen our public finances, bring down inflation, protect jobs. We build the first state-backed nuclear power station for 30 years. We continue the biggest programme of capital investment for 40 years. We protect standards in schools, cut NHS waiting times, fund social care, cap energy bills support those on benefits. We protect workers with the biggest ever increase in the national living wage and our pensioners on the triple lock with the biggest ever increase in the state pension. This is a balanced plan for stability, a plan for growth, and a plan for public services. It shows that you don't need to choose either a strong economy or good public services. With Conservatives, and only with Conservatives, you get both. And I commend this statement to the House.
4: That was the I Chancellor know, Jeremy Hunt uh, delivering his Shadow autumn Jackson. statement. Plenty to digest in there. We're going to get reaction now from the Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves. Thank you,
6: Mr. Speaker, and thank you to the Chancellor for that statement. So here we are, the end of 2022. Three Prime Ministers, four Chancellors, and four budgets later. And where do we find ourselves? In a worse place than we started the year. Inflation spiralling, growth plunging, living standards falling. Mr. Speaker, Britain is a great country with fantastic strengths, but because of this government's mistakes, we are being held back. What people will be asking themselves at the next election is this and me and my family better off with a conservative government and the answer is no the mess we are in the mess we are in is the result of 12 weeks of conservative chaos but also 12 years of conservative economic failure growth dismal investment down wages squeezed Public services crumbling. And what does the Chancellor have to offer today? More of the same, with working people paying the price for his failure. The Chancellor should have come here today to ask for forgiveness. At the very least, he could have offered an apology. But no, instead, he says that his predecessor. Was correct in his analysis at the mini budget, the mini budget that put our economy into freefall. All the country got today was an invoice for the economic carnage that this government has created. Never again can the Conservatives be seen as the party of economic competence.
4: That is the Shadow Chancellor, Rachel Reeves. They're reacting to the announcements we've had. The autumn statement from Jeremy Hunt. Let's take you through some of the key announcements on the broader economic picture facing the UK. The Office for Budget Responsibility, the independent watchdog the government relies on, says the UK is now in recession. It's expecting GDP to shrink by 1.4% in 2023 before returning to growth in 2024. They see unemployment rising to 4.9% by 2024. Uh, We will see The GDP, uh, debt-to-GDP ratio moving as well to a peak in 2025, falling from uh, 2027-28 fiscal year. Um, Jeremy Hunt, in his announcements, saying that his three priorities were stability, growth and public services, £55 billion of fiscal consolidation is what he has announced. Just over half of that coming from tax, so just under half from spending cuts. Just a couple of the tax measures to start with, first of all, on income tax. He's extended the freeze on income thresholds and inheritance tax to 2028. Uh, He has lowered the threshold from which the top rate of income tax, the 45% rate, will apply to. It's currently applying to earners of over £150,000. That will apply from earners of just over £125,000 from next year. We'll also see a reduction in the thresholds, the application of capital gains tax, a reduction in the tax-free allowance for dividends. That'll come down from a current level of £2,000 to eventually by gradation down to £500 by April of 2025. Uh, And there's also going to be some changes to to the windfall tax on oil and gas companies. The rate on that going to go up from 25% to 35%. That's higher than we had been expected. Also announcing a new 45% levy on the excess return of low car Carbon electricity generators. You and parts have I missed anything. <laughs> that is a lot of stuff. It was a very wide ranging speech, wasn't it? And quite a long speech as
5: well. We were warned that it might go on for some time and he seemed to cover a lot of ground on the spending fund, he says he wants to protect the amount going into public services with the overall spending rising in real terms for the next five years. On defence spending, remember that Liz Truss and Guaziguateng promised to increase that to 3% of GDP, a massive increase in defence spending. Well, that has gone now. He's committed to keep the country spending 2% Of GDP on the fence, which is pretty much what we've been spending uh, for years and years. On overseas aid, another thing which was heavily trailed, that is going to remain at around 0.5% of GDP, not the uh, 0.7% promised in the 2019 manifesto. So that is a broken uh, manifesto pledge. Plenty to say on uh, NHS and social care funding. He's going to delay the deal, not plans, which of course caps social care costs, and he's going to spend some of that money on extra funding for social care, social care an area which has needed extra money for a long time. Uh, On the NHS he says he wants to see Scandinavian quality, with Singaporean efficiency. Uh, Good luck with that. But he's going to deliver £3.3 billion increase uh, for each of the next three years uh, on the NHS. Interesting to work out what that means in inflation. Of course, the NHS budget is uh, enormous. £2 billion, just over £2 billion a year uh, in each of the next two years for schools. He also uh, went on to talk a lot about uh, growth plans. He talked about a new nuclear power station in Suffolk. He's going to get the go-ahead. Uh, and on uh, capital budgets he says that nothing will be cut from capital budgets for the next two years, and they're going to continue at the promised level. Although, don't forget, that does not include inflation, so they will fall in real terms, but he was proud of the fact that they will not be cut in cash terms. So plenty on the spending side.
4: Yeah, just a couple more very short points. Pension and benefits will go up in line with inflation, which had been something that we had been watching out closely for. The living wage will go up by 9.7% next year, and the energy price guarantee will be extended for 12 months from April, although the average bill will rise uh, from the level that it's currently capped out to three thousand average per household. Okay, that is our wrap of the measures. Success is more than a destination. It's a path
7: you take one step at a time.
0: Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the
1: questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is and even sing a song or two.
0: This is our podcast and we're going to do it our way. Listen to our way
1: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time.
5: Yeah, well, let's bring in our guest now, Lord Karen Billamoria, Vice President of the CBI and also the founder of Cobra Beer. Lord Billamoria, thanks so much for joining us on the programme today. What's your overall assessment of Jeremy Hunt's statement?
2: There was a lot of apprehension, of course, a lot of concern uh, that taxes would be put up drastically. uh, And I've always been very worried about that. I remember saying while I was president of the CBI, constantly to Rishi Sunak when he was chancellor, please don't put up taxes, because if you put up taxes, it will hamper the recovery from the COVID pandemic, and it will stifle growth. Well, we have had tax rises. A big chunk of it is the windfall tax that's been imposed uh, on on the oil and gas companies, raising over 14 billion pounds. Uh, But what we were worried about from a business point of view, from an investment point of view, was things like the talk of Putting up capital gains tax to the equivalent of income tax rates, which would have been disastrous, uh, that has not happened. Uh, we've had, we've got now these the fiscal drag, which we all predicted would 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 would, would happen, which will bring in more tax, and that affects everybody. And of course, uh, the lowering of the threshold for the top rate of tax. But overall, the worries that we had have not thankfully uh, come to fruition when it comes to tax rises. Of course, corporation tax is going up. Uh, as was announced before. Uh, I don't think you mentioned that, but that was uh, announced by Rishi Sunak. It's gonna go up to 25%. uh, And that is, of course, I believe not good news uh, for the British economy or for inward investment. Uh, On the other hand, the spending on on things that really matter, like infrastructure, that's very good news. That is gonna continue. Also the emphasis on R&D and innovation, that is crucial. And I was delighted to hear the focus on that. There'll be another 20 billion pounds wanting to stick with the 2.4% of GDP. But even at 2.4% of GDP, we're behind Germany and America, who are 3.1%, 3.2% of GDP. We need to invest much more in R&D and innovation. But this is on the right tracks. And, of course, helping the most vulnerable. He seems to be doing that as well uh, in in terms of increasing the living wage, in terms of pensioners, in terms of benefits increasing. All that is being done and, and keeping the spending... Uh, on health as well in the social care, this is something that, that has come to light uh, during the pandemic. I remember very clearly right up front in, in April 2020, it came to light how the social care sector has been neglected for decades and decades, and it needs the attention, it needs the funding. Uh, so I'm delighted that that is now being addressed, and it needs to be addressed. So some really, really good news in there, uh, the talk about regulatory reform in terms of opening up and making. Uh, the UK more competitive in the way that Big Bang, Big Bang transformed this country. It transformed the financial services, the city of London. Uh, it, it really turbocharged uh, our economic growth. So if a similar um, measures can be done uh, to make us more competitive. That's desperately needed because we used to be the second or third largest recipient of investment in the world. If the latest figures come out, I'm sorry, I don't think we will be in that position. And we need okay. to regain that position as one of the most attractive places in the world from anywhere to invest in this dynamic country. So overall, uh, lots of good news in here uh, uh, and 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 much better than I thought it was going to be.
4: In, do you think the Chancellor managed on the credibility question of pre- presenting a credible plan that will convince markets that this is, you know, a, a decent fiscal path for the UK to be set on?
2: I think that what this has brought to light so clearly is Kwasi Kwarteng and Liz Truss were absolutely right, which the chancellor himself just said, to focus on growth and, and also to have lower taxes, that it's the way that they went about it. Uh, they didn't go about it the right way. I express it with irrational exuberance. Uh, they went too far too quickly. If they had gone about it and announced it in the measured way, that Jeremy Hunt has just done for one hour, laying out the plans in a measured way, in a credible way, then that's what they should have done with the backing of the OBR. If you actually read between the lines, even the Chancellor now has said that borrowing as a percent of GDP is still going to be almost 100%. We have the second lowest level of debt to GDP of any of the G7 countries. There are countries. America's almost 150%. Japan's at 250%. It's the mm-hmm. way that that was presented, and and even now he's presenting it, it's still going to be almost 100%. But he's got a plan, and that's what he's laid out as a plan. And I'm hoping that this plan will satisfy the markets. But what we do need is that focus on growth and there are more supply side measures. Yes, he said he's going to do something with business rates, something at the CBI we've been crying out for a long time that business rates need to be reformed, and it affects retail, it affects hospitality, desperately needs help he's 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 addressed that I think he needs to go further he didn't say anything about the apprenticeship levy he said skills is a really important area but we've got an apprenticeship levy at the moment that doesn't work that needs to be drastically reformed so there is much more that he could be doing on the supply side and what he did not talk about at all yes he's talking about helping people in terms of energy costs and helping the most vulnerable in these very very difficult times But SMEs, small and medium-sized enterprises, are really going to struggle uh, this Mm. winter. How much help are they going to get to get through this winter to prevent businesses, including hospitality businesses, who may not be able to survive with all the headwinds, with the huge increase in costs? And by the way, you talk about 11%, 12% inflation figures, that's the official figure. If you talk about my business at Cobra Beer, our input costs have gone up by more than 25%. When I talk to my restaurant customers, we supply 7,000 restaurants. Many of them say that their costs have gone up by 35 to 40 percent overall, if you take energy and all the other input costs into account. So how you can't pass that on to your consumers. So we're being squeezed, and we've got to survive. And there isn't that announcement at the moment for the desperate help that is needed now for businesses, which we gave during the pandemic. That's what saved the jobs. That's why we've got such a low unemployment rate at the moment, is because of the huge help that was given to get businesses through the biggest crisis since the Second World War. Similarly, no, I believe that is not over we need to continue to give help particularly to smes
5: mm. Lord, Lord, Billy Roy, you, you mentioned that you're unhappy at the corporate tax rises what's your view of the overall uh, balance between uh, tax rises and spending cuts that, that the chancellor unveiled after all uh, our, our interest costs are set to top 100 billion pounds this year so it is important uh, from a, f- a financial perspective that we that we get that deficit f- falling isn't it
2: absolutely and this is where he is trying to say Inflation is the biggest enemy, absolutely is. You've got to bring inflation down. One of the ways to bring inflation down is to put interest rates up, which you don't want to do because then you get mortgage holders get affected. We've got 7 million householders with mortgages. And of course, high interest rates affect businesses as well. And they can't, their borrowing costs go up as well. So this is a really tough, and it started right up front saying the Bank of England has to work closely with the Treasury side by side, retaining the Bank of England's independence to make sure this path is a very delicate path where you, If you put up interest rates too much too quickly as we've seen what happened after the mini budget that is disastrous and we did not we've always known interest rates are going to go up they're probably going to go up to the five percent level that they've been averaged before before the pandemic and before the financial crisis interest rates on average were about five percent that's what we were used to we've now got used to a decade of interest rates of almost zero and Hmm. but you can't adjust to that suddenly from interest of nearly zero going up to five percent and that's what just happened recently and we've got to avoid that so hopefully this budget is going to bring some stability going to bring credibility but then the focus has got to be on growing the economy it's an and, and unemployment is seen to be going up if unemployment got lots and, and addressing the point he's made addressing the people there are uh, 1.3 million uh, vacancies and there are lots of people who can work who are not working and how can we get them to come back to work to encourage okay. them to work and he's of the scheme, the coach scheme. I was on the National Employment Panel for years and the welfare to work programs. So I know the challenges of getting people from welfare back to work. Uh, and, and it's not easy.
4: Okay, well, I mean, one of the measures that he announced, of course, was that uh, extra job coaches for six hundred thousand people who were on universal credit. Yes. But I wanted to ask you about the broader economic picture because we had, of course, the update from the Chancellor of the Office for Budget Responsibilities forecasts for the UK. Uh, the OBR is saying that they're seeing a record two-year fall in disposable incomes. Uh, I'm something. I'm sure that's something with your business and the businesses that you represent will also be very worried about a recession lasting through next year with a return to growth in 2024. What does that mean for business?
2: This is not good news at all. When you've got a situation where you've got high taxes, you've got interest rates going up, you've got high inflation, and you've got a recession. I mean, come on, how much more is... And we've just gone through two years of hell with a pandemic when a business like mine, you have lockdowns when your restaurants, 7,000 restaurants are shut for most of the pandemic. I mean, this is one crisis after another that we've had to cope with. Uh, which is hugely, hugely difficult and challenging for any business, let alone somebody in the hospitality or retail area. So this is not good news. And this is why the government is, is doing what it's got to do now, to bring that credibility and stability in, and respect from the financial markets, which we lost. We became the laughing stock of the world. And we've now got to regain that respect, but face the challenges. This is not going to be an easy time at all. And the recession coming up, Optimistically, I'm hoping if the Ukraine war gets over, if energy prices have already started to come down, they come down even further. Inflation has peaked in the United States. Inflation starts to come down over here as well. We usually follow what's going on in the United States. Um, That's from an optimistic point of view I can hope for is if those two things happen, the picture will change drastically. But at the moment, the government's gotta be aware that they've got to help out where help is needed because if they don't, then you might have redundancies you might have businesses going bust and long term unemployment the scarring from that is far more damaging than borrowing some more to help uh, businesses survive
5: do you think the chancellor has done enough to restore confidence in uk plc after the disastrous mini budget
2: oh i mean compared with what happened with the, with the mini budget and as i said it's it's the way it was done uh, this is this was came across as very measured very sensible uh, and again, you, you've got a situation where you've got a chancellor who, in his own words, is a former entrepreneur, a chancellor who has got a business background, who's got a lot of experience, two senior cabinet positions. You've got a, a prime minister who's been chancellor during the worst crisis since the Second World War and who's got a business background as well. I think that helps a lot. But they need to keep listening to and working with business. I'm glad he mentioned the CBI in his speech. And the more closely he works with organizations like the CBI through this period then collaboratively we can get through this and and help our businesses survive this enormously challenging time
4: Okay, Lord Karen Billamoria, Vice President of the Confederation of British Industry, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the programme as we are digesting the uh, outcome, of course, of the autumn statement from the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, just to give you an idea of the market reaction. Uh, not a huge movement in sterling, actually. Going into that speech, sterling was trading at $118.50 against the dollar. It's now trading at just over $1.18. Uh, so, a movement uh, down slightly uh, on that. And in the, on the bond markets, which of course is something we had been watching very closely going into this because of the uh, results that we saw in the bond markets after the mini-budget, of course. We haven't seen a major move. So going into this, the 10-year gilt yield was 3.18. It's now 3.17. Uh, and the two-year yield was 3.05. Going into this, it's now uh, around the same place. So we haven't seen a huge movement either the two-year or the 10-year yields. In reaction to the budget, no news perhaps being good news on that front. We have learned from the UK's Debt Management Office, they're now planning just under £170 billion of gilt sales in this fiscal year. That is a reduction on the estimate that had been uh, from markets had been expecting £185 billion of sales. That's been dramatically reduced since the mini-budget as well. So that is the broader market picture uh, from the, uh, res- the outcome of the autumn statement today.
5: Well, that's it for today. And if you like the programme, don't forget to give it five stars so other people can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.
4: We'll be back with more tomorrow. The episode was hosted by me, Stephen Carroll. And me, Ewan Potts. We're produced by James Wilcock and our engineer is Marufal Hussein. We'll be back with more tomorrow. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon
5: on DAB Digital Radio in London.
0: Hi everyone, I'm Paul Anker. And I'm Skip Bronson.